Welcome back. You're listening to Nathy Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Be sure to like the video and subscribe if you haven't already and ring that notification bell so that you are notified the next time we have a brand new episode available on YouTube. And today's episode is dedicated to Calvin Atkinson. Thank you for your generosity and support. And if you'd like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in our description below. Donate any amount. Ask a question. We will answer it at the end of the episode. Donate $100 or more, and we will dedicate the episode to you. And today's episode is once again dedicated to Calvin Atkinson. And I'd like to welcome in my co-host, Modern Vintage Gamer. What's up, Nate? Great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. And we have a special guest for this episode as we prepare for Nintendo's upcoming E3 Direct. We have brought on VentureBeat and GameBeat and newly assigned Giant Bomb Collaborator. Jeff Grubb. Right. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, yeah, it was just some exciting news. It was a lot of really nice responses to that, to that. And it's like, you know, I'm just going to be helping out over there, maybe doing a video once per week. But a, a lot of people had a lot of nice things to say. And that was a, it was a very moving. So, uh, yeah, thank you for that, everybody. Now, it's a very exciting move for you. And I look forward to yeah. seeing the content you create over on that outlet forum. I appreciate that. And so today we're going to talk about the Nintendo E3 Direct, but also some of the third-party companies that will or potentially will have Nintendo announcements over the course of E3 week. But first, we will start on the hot topic of the month, and that is the Nintendo Switch Pro. And whether or not we think the Switch Pro will have any presence at E3, at least in any meaningful way. And we can start with Jeff on this topic. Do you Mm -hmm. think we see the Switch Pro make any presence at E3? Uh, you know, I go, I go back and forth in my own head on this. Uh, and you know, the one thing everyone wants to hook onto is the way that Nintendo uh, announced the direct, right? They said, we're going to be talking about software and, um, you know, Nintendo has always has framed stuff in that way before, and then gone beyond the scope that they initially set out. Uh, yeah, I think they do have in mind that they want to set, uh, people's sites lower than, than what uh, Nintendo might end up doing. And so there's always a possibility uh, right now I'm leaning towards they, they won't though. And that we won't hear about it until later. Um, I, I do believe that they wanted to show it before E3 and I do believe that they moved it. Um, and I, 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 I don't know why I don't know. I don't fully understand. I don't have a good insight or a good look into what that picture actually looks like or, or, or why they made these decisions in the first place. Uh, but I would imagine that if they felt the need to move it from before E3, that, that then they actually probably also, uh, are going to move it beyond E3 itself. But I, I also I also think there's a good chance that, you know, the Nintendo might have already filmed this, uh, like, you know, like last week or something like that. So, uh, and if that's the case, they probably want to lock a lot of these things in place. And so uh, the idea of, like, maybe moving the Switch Pro announcement into there in the last minute, um, while possible, uh, it seems unlikely to me. But this is all just kind of me speculating. I, I really don't know. Uh, and if I had to place a bet on it, I would say probably not. What about you, MVG? You think there's any chance we see the Switch Pro? No. <laughs> <laughs> I a mean, very, yeah. a very direct answer. <laughs> I, I, I don't think so. I mean, we've talked about this already. You know, I I've had my doubts about everything. You know, especially on the development side, where it's like we don't really know anything. And I've mentioned this before, but you know, a lot of people I've spoken to don't know anything about it. So I just feel like it's not the right time 
for this. And look, it may be something we we hear about immediately after or not, you know, soon after E3. But I think when they said software showcase, to me, my my takeaway from that was current Switch stuff. I didn't really get anything mm-hmm. from Switch Pro from that message. But hey, uh, please prove me wrong, Nintendo, on this one. I'd love it. <laughs> you know, I, I'm finding myself in between both of your takes. I don't believe we see the Switch hardware or the Switch Pro hardware make presence at E3, but I do believe some of the software that will be showcased, be it from Nintendo or third parties, there will be games on display that will be Switch Pro enhanced in the future. So, you know, maybe some of these 2022 releases that we see announced over the course of this coming weekend and early next week, those may get those Switch Pro boosts, but they're not going to be announced as a Switch Pro title or Switch Pro enhanced at the current time. And we're not going to see assets that reflect the Switch Pro. But as a viewer, I'm going to be a little more cautious and probably more observant to what some of these companies do have on display. Just kind of look at them and say, well, that game is slated for, let's say, early 2022, kind of like Pokemon with Arceus. In the back of my mind, I'd be saying, that has potential that it will get those Switch Pro boosts. So maybe you're going to start looking at maybe even, you know, third-party games a little closer and say, could this benefit from that new hardware? But, you know, in this moment, yeah, I don't expect to see anything in terms of mention or an actual visual display of the Switch Pro to be present at E3. I think it's something that will come a little more down the line. But I do see Jeff's point that this could have been something that Nintendo wanted to get announced ahead of E3 especially for third-party sake. As you saw with the Bloomberg article and Eurogamer, if you're a third-party and you do have a Switch Pro project planned, whether it's exclusive to the Switch Pro in terms of the Switch line of hardware or not, you want to represent the game in the best form possible. But it's still, I guess, in Nintendo's interest to sell the current Switch for as long as they can. And they want to, you know, have that game represent the Switch you have at home right now. In as as great of a manner as possible. So you want to know you're getting still a quality game. And when the time comes to actually introduce the Switch Pro and you have titles that really take advantage of the hardware, you can wait a little closer to that hardware's actual launch time. And you don't necessarily have to use E3 because, as we all know, this hardware is going to sell just on the basis of being brand new hardware. It may not even have a meaningful launch game, and it's still going to sell out. Yeah, I think that's the the kind of one of my big takeaways, too, is that I, I think that um, Nintendo has moved away from the idea of having to launch this alongside Breath of the Wild 2. Um, I think there's a good chance that they will not launch like side by side at this point. Uh, and the, whether or not that means the hardware still launches this year and then Breath of the Wild 2 is early next year uh, or, or something dif- different. Um, I think that is a very likely scenario that we end up in. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, as you bring up with Breath of the Wild 2, that has been the game that's been tossed around a lot as the potential pro launch game. But if the pro does make this year, it does seem as though the odds begin to dwindle that Breath of the Wild 2 would be a launch game with the hardware. And mm-hmm. as you just mentioned, you don't need a game of that caliber to launch this brand new hardware that's going to have shortages and if one of the rumors that came out in recent weeks is to be believed, if Nintendo does a staggered release, you would want to have the Pro available in all regions before you bring out a title like Breath of the Wild 2 
especially if they want to position it as a meaningful pro release. You need to have the hardware available in all regions before you bring a game of that caliber and that prestige to pro hardware. And that might be the thinking here. And that could also be the reason why these things are complicated and and Mm -hmm. Nintendo struggling to figure out the best way to message all this stuff is because it is trying to figure out how to make sure people in certain territories don't feel like they're going to be missing out. And, and uh, you know, what, te- like, like what those dates for those territories are, are going to be exactly. Uh, it's complicated stuff. I think Nintendo's probably just still figuring it out. And that's why we're all still waiting to hear about it. Yeah. That, that's a good point. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like this is going to be about software because they don't want to, they don't want to just, you know, change the landscape of, of, of the switch right now. This is not the mm-hmm. right, the right, you know, event to do that because all of a sudden, if you start talking about new hardware, then that changes things significantly. I think they really just want to focus on the games for this. And I think that's the right approach. Yeah. And like, as I mentioned in the past, like I'm aware that there are some games that will be switch pro exclusive and this E3 would just be, wouldn't be the correct venue to demonstrate those games. Now the games that would be, I guess you want to call it cross-platform between Switch, Switch Lite, and Switch Pro. You don't have to highlight those Pro versions just yet. I can wait until a Pro-dedicated event when we are just, you know, a handful of weeks from the actual launch of the hardware. So E3 really doesn't feel like the proper venue for such an announcement and such a display of brand new hardware. I mean, the lot was a Twitter drop and a, and a video, right? Yes. I mean, yep. it it may not even be an event. It could just be a Twitter drop and a and a video. Yeah, it could. Yeah, it could be a simple press release. Yep. Or a Twitter drop, a YouTube video drop, and it just says, "In six weeks, this is when this hardware is going to become available, and we're going to have a patch for Breath of the Wild one available, where you'll get increased resolution or increased frame rate. Something basic, where it's just like, oh, this is meaningful enough that I want to." you know, part with my $400 and give it to Nintendo for this OLED equipped, yep. you know, new switch. But it does feel as though we are still several weeks, potentially even months away from a reveal for this brand new hardware. Now I want to start with the third parties of E3 because third parties are definitely a big role for Nintendo's hardware. And that's kind of a change when we look at previous Nintendo hardware with the Wii U virtually had no third party support whatsoever. The Wii had very sporadic third party support. It was more of exclusive releases that were watered down or I guess you'd say unique creations. Like we had the on rail dead space game that no one wanted. Mm Mm-hmm instead of having a mainline Dead Space game, or we had the horrendous Dead Rising game that nobody asked for. But with the Switch, we're getting more standard releases from third-party companies. And I'm going to open with Ubisoft, because they are one of the first third parties to begin E3. Their event is Ubisoft Forward on Saturday. And I am anticipating that they have a few Nintendo-related announcements and I'm not just talking about Just Dance. <laughs> I'm talking about something that's actually meaningful. And if you notice on Ubisoft's Twitter account today, they have a sale for Mario and Rabbids yep. down to $5. And to me, that is pre-marketing. They are setting it up that they are going to announce Mario Rabbids 2 
on Saturday. Do either of you agree? Yes, I think. Um, well, I think there will be a Just Dance game because there's a Just Dance game every single year, right? And and there'll be a a at least five to seven minutes devoted to Just Dance 2022. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and yes, I think Mario versus Rabbids Two is a game that um, has been in development for a while, and I think. I think it will get a reveal and, you know, that was a very popular and successful game the first time around. It was a great game. So, yeah, I, I think there will be a Mario Rabbids too. Uh, Grub, any any thoughts on, on what you think Ubisoft will give us for the Switch? Uh, I think something like that's very possible. I think uh, that deal worked out very, very well for everyone involved last time and – I, I think that, you know, that team probably wants to build on that idea. I think it worked out really well for them. And uh, I don't know, to, to me, it makes a lot of sense uh, to go ahead and just kind of build on that, build on that foundation, uh, do more. People uh, end up, ended up really liking the Rabbids characters. I think, you know, I, I might be jumping ahead a little bit, but I think um, uh, the, the deal might work out so well that ra- one of the Rabbids might be one of the new Smash Brothers characters. Ooh. That's going to be my guess. Ooh. So, uh Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's likely. I, I hope we actually see it because I'm a big fan of that first game. Yeah, me too. It was definitely a surprise mm-hmm. to me when I first started playing it because I love XCOM and this is kind of the, <laughs> the perfect setting for that type of game. So I'm into mm-hmm. it. Yeah, Mario Rabbids 2 is something that I'm anticipating from Ubisoft over the course of this week, whether it's on Saturday or at Nintendo's Direct itself. I am anticipating that game to be announced, but I think it's going to evolve in a number of ways. I think we're going to see a greater expansion in terms of world design and even combat. And I also think they're going to give us a familiar setting to the game. It's going to go towards something within the Nintendo or the Mario lore. So we're going to have more familiar characters from Nintendo beyond just, you know, Mario, Peach, Luigi. I think we're going to see greater use of the Mario IP to really sell the game further. And this is a title that I'm very excited for. As you both mentioned, I too am a big fan of the original game. It came out of nowhere. It was a huge surprise and the quality of the game was, you know, nothing short of astonishing. They delivered a game that they easily could have marketed as Nintendo made. And I think a lot of people wouldn't have doubted that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just I, had I, I, I was just going to say, I do wonder like what the, like the, what the details of Nintendo getting involved with these developers is. I like, I remember, I remember the story about like Miyamoto said, well, Mario can't jump in this game. And so they had that little thing that you follow around. And that was the idea there to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wonder if like Nintendo is like, Hey, just make sure this stuff is fun. And here's some ideas about how to make this stuff fun. Or they just kind of leave Ubisoft to, to do it on their own. Uh, I, you know, I always joke that like the thing with Super Mario RPG is like Nintendo forced square to make a fun game instead of just another one of its role-playing games. And I kind of think, uh, that that tradition might continue here. And I, I love the idea of them expanding on it. Like you said, like I would love to get like Wario and maybe like Waluigi involved and maybe even make them like the main characters with the rabbits. And uh, like, like, you know, the rabbits were kind of like, you know, they're, they're the, um, the oddballs, right. That are supposed to be played against the straight Nintendo characters. But I, I, I could imagine like bringing in uh, Wario and Waluigi and have them like scaring the rabbits could be really fun. Something along those lines. Um, I would love that. <laughs> I mean, my hope would be, I, I would love for them to look at the previous 3D Mario games and take elements of them, not for Mario Sunshine, unless you want to take some of the music, but look to like the Galaxy games where maybe you have planets in Mario Rabbids that 
you know, each one has a unique theme, kind of like what we saw from Mario Galaxy, or even, you know, just some of the characters from Mario Galaxy. They were very creative, but Galaxy is my favorite of the 3D Mario games. So I'm a little biased towards that. But if they can incorporate things from the previous Mario games in a meaningful way and just give it a little more of that feel of a real Mario game, I think that was the only detractor I would say from the first game is that its identity, yes, we had Mario elements. You had some of the bricks, you know, you had the characters, but it didn't, it just kind of felt like, yeah, we made a theme and we stuck to that theme and they did it well. But now if you can give it a little more identity that really emphasizes the Mario moniker of the title, that may be able to push it to new heights. And this was a game that sold in exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. So it feels like a franchise that really has no limits. They can take it wherever they want. It just comes down to the team's, you know, creative approach. And they are they express their love for the Mario franchise and for Nintendo. And it just comes down to what will Nintendo allow. But I think based on the success of the first game, that they may have taken that step back and said, we want you guys to explore this to the fullest. This is what we're okay with. If you have new ideas, approach us and we may green light them. And hopefully they have done that because it's been, what, four years since the original game released? I believe it came out in October 2017. Yep. Yep. Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah, it's been a while. And, you know, that is definitely my hope for Ubisoft as far as Switch games go. But I'm sure they'll have something else. I mean, do either of you have... Any other predictions that Ubisoft could have for well, the Nintendo Switch? I was going to ask you that question. Well, both of you guys, because like we're, <laughs> it's the low-hanging fruit, right? Just Dance and Mario Rabbids 2. <laughs> I mean, one of those two is definitely happening. The other one probably will happen. So what about something else? Because it's Ubisoft and short of another Assassin's Creed game getting ported over to the Switch, which I'm not sure what what's left there. I mean, obviously you know, the newer ones wouldn't really come over very well. Um, it's hard to really think about what else they could bring. You know, do we see some DLC for Gods and Monsters? I mean, I, I don't have any idea what else they could they could give us for the Switch. Do you guys have any thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm coming up uh, blank beyond it. I mean, you know, there's always the possibility that they could do more cloud stuff, uh, like, like uh, you know, yep. a, a Remedy got control working on switch with the cloud. Uh, you know, maybe Ubisoft says, Hey, that could work for us. And then in the, well, that's why we wait for the switch pro for some of these games, maybe. Um, but that's just, that would just be kind of, that's a guess. Uh, and those other ones feel yeah. much more certain than that. So I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah. And I think if, if they had something to show us for Prince of Persia, that would probably be a switch game, but obviously that's not, that's not going to happen. So yeah, I mean, I don't know, Nate. What, what do you think? Do you think there's anything else um, that they have for us? Oh, I mean, a lot of Ubisoft's known projects are simply too ambitious for the Switch platform. So that's where I'm kind of thinking that a Just Dance and a new Mario Rabbids, maybe as far as we go with Switch yeah. announcements from Ubisoft this weekend, because one would be exclusive. The other one has that casual family appeal, which is Nintendo's forte. So that's really all I'm expecting from Ubisoft in terms of Nintendo-related software. And something wrong with that. Mario Rabbids is becoming a very established, well-founded franchise. And there's millions of fans. And I think that would be a big announcement for both brands. And it's something to be excited for. But that's where my expectations lie right now for Ubisoft and Nintendo. Yep. But then on Sunday... 
we have another third party and this company has been a little more supportive of the switch platform overall and that's square enix now they did just announce dragon quest 12 dragon quest 3 the 2d hd remake they didn't specify any platforms for it but i'd be very surprised if that game didn't come over to the switch it just screams portable friendly and the visual appeal is you know it's what you think of when you want to play a handheld game like octopath traveler but square has been a big supporter of the you know the switch platform overall and i'm anticipating a couple of announcements from square e3 one of them i believe it's finally time that square will come forth and confirm that life is strange one and two and life is strange three or strange was it strange colors is that yep. the full title of it yeah strange i believe it's fine yeah they'll finally confirm that for the switch platform at e3 and you know i'm kind of also anticipating maybe something final fantasy related Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I th- yeah, I think that's possible. Yeah, I, I think yeah, so too. I think I think there'll be a Final Fantasy, something Final Fantasy related as well. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper. And with the permadeath of XCOM, then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. I think it's um it, it seems like you know um Square Enix and PlayStation have a very close knit relationship when it comes to next gen and like the the remakes and any sort of big 3D new Final Fantasy game. Um I think Square might want to do something to remind people that uh, Final Fantasy can be in other places so don't give up on it if you're if you're someone who plays Switch more than anything else and um uh, you know, there, there's been some rumors about like, you know, updates or not not necessarily remakes, but uh, and uh, of like classic Final Fantasy games. And I hope they do that. And I hope it's um, the 2D HD style. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that it's not just Dragon Quest three that's getting this. I hope they are going back and they're going to give Final Fantasy six the the 2D HD treatment. Um, I guess for people who don't know what 2D HD is, it's like it's like the Octopath style graphics. Um, and they're doing that with Dragon Quest. Uh, they haven't announced any sort of similar thing with with Final Fantasy yet. Um, I think that is very likely for the Switch. That would that would just it would be huge. That would do very very well on the Switch. So uh, it's kind of, it's kind of a no brainer. So it's just a matter to see if um, everyone involved has like the the fortitude to actually get it done. Uh, I, I guess we'll find out. Do we see anything in that style about Chrono Trigger, or am I just completely fanboying right now? <laughs> I mean. Do you think Chrono Trigger would play friendly with the 2D HD style? Um, th- it's a good question. I think they could make it make it um, play friendly with the 2D style, but it would not be a, a simple, you know, conversion across. I, I know what you're saying. There's uh-huh. definitely some 
there's definitely some challenges that, that they would face there, but I think they could pull it off. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Chrono Trigger is definitely something that a lot of Square Enix fans would love to see come to Switch. The DS version of Chrono Trigger is probably the definitive version of the game. And I know they brought it to PC or mobile and the yeah. port was not good. No, not, not at and, all. And they also did it with the Final Fantasy games where the mobile versions of games like Final Fantasy 4 and Final Fantasy 6 are just atrocious. Yeah. The sprite now, style is hideous. Now, didn't those get renamed in like the last week or two on mobile? Yes. What? So what, yes. what what happened there? You tell me what happened. What's going on there? I wish I knew what was going on there. I mean, if I had to speculate, I think the idea that maybe these games might be coming to other platforms in some fashion Maybe mm-hmm. that's the reason that they had to rebrand those games because they don't want to have any market confusion. And I'm sure people are aware that there was a rumor, I believe it's been maybe two, three weeks now, of the Final Fantasy collection. And it was hinted at that it could be Final Fantasy 1 through 6. But the specifics as to what the games would be, you know, what form they would come in, could it just be like the PlayStation 1 collection? What was that? It was Final right. Fantasy origin or origins could it be that would it be the game boy advance games would it just be the mobile games you know that was really unclear but for them to all of a sudden rebrand these games just ahead of e3 it does make you wonder of are they planning to bring these games to different platforms and they just don't want that confusion but it was definitely something that was suspicious and yeah i'm curious as to why it happened so suddenly but my first instinct would be they rebranded because they're planning to do something with those particular titles. Yeah, I agree. Uh, l- let me ask you that, that Eidos is probably going to be showing that guardians of the galaxy game. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's about as much as I know. Do you think there's any chance that it is um, closer to something like um, a Marvel ultimate Alliance that could show up on switch or is it going to be like a next gen game only? What do you think? Ooh. I think oh, it's going to be a, more of a next gen game. Yeah, that's probably gonna come out on a, a Blu-ray or two and it's going to be massive in size. <laughs> so it's it's not a switch game. Yeah, I think that's right. You too. know, I think I'm going to I'm going to go against you. I'm going to say it does. Oh, come right. To switch. I think yes. Guardians of the Galaxy is a title that you would want on switch. You're going to have that appeal. That's to why I asked, because I, I agree. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think the Guardians of the Galaxy, while Avengers, I'm sure if they could have brought it to switch, they would have. But that game was in development for so many years. It was such a tumultuous you know development cycle that it was just hey we can barely get the game on the platforms we're targeting we can't bring on the switch but i think guardians of the galaxy is the perfect game you kind of want to bring to switch they've had great success with the marvel ultimate alliance release so if this game is in a similar vein absolutely bring it to switch i'm not going to say it's not going to be scaled back or that it may not be lacking in maybe some sort of online features but i think it does get a switch version now whether or not they actually announce it alongside the other platforms right. is probably the bigger question because we have seen that happen several times before where they announced the playstation and xbox versions and the switch one is announced several the months the down the line later right yes exactly exactly because instead of just having people buy the switch version up front they buy it somewhere else and then when they get it on the switch later they buy it a second time yep we've seen that yes. a bunch especially if Nintendo could maneuver some sort of like exclusive content for that version to really entice those double dippers. I'm not sure what Nintendo could really offer in terms of an exclusive character. Cause when you think of like an exclusive character, we saw Spider-Man 
exclusive to the PlayStation version of Avengers. But that makes sense. Sony owns the film rights to Spider-Man. Right. So it's like it, it, it was like a what's that? Not serendipitous, but um, uh, not synchronous. Uh, that, that What is that word they always <laughs> use in marketing? I'm, I'm blanking on it right now, but it was very uh, beneficial on both sides to do that yes. for them. Like, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was going to call say, it simpatico. I was going to say, yes, there bespoke. we go. That works. I was going to say bespoke, but that's not, that doesn't fit here. No, but these are all very good words. And I, I'm glad that we had this moment, everybody. <laughs> this was our vocabulary session. Okay, hate. Join in next week for a new vocabulary session. Do we see any synergy? More, synergy we, is the word I was thinking of. Synergy. Synergy. Okay, everybody. Yeah. You could stop yelling at your podcast now. I'm sorry, everybody. Do, do we see any more about project triangle strategy? I hope so. I think so. I think, I mean, when's the last time we saw this? Was like uh, early it, this year? It, it earlier this year, I think it was time. right? Yeah, February. Yeah. February, yeah. Um, the only reason I would say no is because we did have the demo. The demo was one of those feedback demos where they would take back based on your impressions and then readjust mm-hmm. the game. I feel as though we might be a little too soon for them to have any meaningful adjustments. So I'm thinking this is a game that we see next e3 basically a repeat of octopath traveler we'll see it again in a year they'll give us the first chapter type demo and the game will release in you know release in august or the summer of 2022 i see that kind of playing out but i'd love to write about that 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 that, you know that you put it that way i think you're right because uh i did forget that i forgot they did that demo they've been very I always expect those uh, feedback demos to take way longer than they do, but a, about a year is probably what they've been. It's about the pace they've been on in the past. So yeah, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised they repeat that exactly. Now I'm going to toss out a very random franchise and see what you two think about it. Do you think it's time that Square finally announces plans to bring Tomb Raider to the Switch? Yeah. Yes, uh, I think I think there will be uh, a reason because like they're they're doing like a Tomb Raider sort of anniversary this year. Right. That That's the thing they've been harping on. And I think um, that if you do that, that there's a lot of Tomb Raider games you could just slap onto the onto the switch and call it a day. And I think that's likely. I, I don't know how far up to the present they'll go. Um, I imagine that that Tomb Raider 2016 game when I can't remember 2015 uh, that that Tomb Raider reboot that one could probably run on the switch when it, if it was tuned down quite a bit. Uh, but I don't know if they'll want to do all that work, but I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if we get a collection of many of the Tomb Raider games that came out before that on the switch uh, coming out mm-hmm. this year. I think the 2016 Tomb Raider would be a great switch game. And Jeff, I think you're right. It could probably run on the switch or be it, in a reduced, you know, resolution and mm-hmm. and post-processing effects, I think it could work. And it would be great to run on handheld. I mean, it's not uncharted, but it's still a very, very good game. And I think, yeah, I mean, as far as a left field switch reveal, um, that would that would be one that I could see Square Enix, you know, revealing. I think it's a good, good, good pick for sure. Yeah, it kind of brings me back to like the Guardians of the Galaxy topic. Because early this year, they did announce Tomb Raider, the definitive Survivor trilogy for the right. Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One and the PlayStation line of consoles. And I do believe all of those games were also on Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. So yep. there's really no technical reason that they couldn't come to Switch. And this could just be another case of Square Enix doing a late port to get double dippers, probably charge a little more than 
you know, the current sale price of $20, they'll probably come in at the full price of $50 or $60. Probably have one of the games be download only, you know, have the code in the box just due to game card cost for the Switch. I could see that being like an E3 announcement because it's been a while since we've had a Tomb Raider game on a Nintendo platform. And this, despite the general you know, consensus of the first Tomb Raider remake was good or the reboot, second one was quality and the third one just feeling a little bit, I guess you would say derivative of the prior two, it's still a quality trilogy of software. And I would love to revisit them, especially in handheld mode of just sitting back and relaxing and playing through some of the tombs and such. So I could see that being kind of an out of nowhere announcement for the switch and potentially even like a shadow drop mm-hmm. type of deal, depending if they do even bring it to retail. Cause we have seen numerous publishers just opt for a digital only release, especially if they're not certain about the sales potential of a title or they bring that retail release further down the line. Once they do have a viable I guess you would say market sample of interest. Yeah, that all sounds that all sounds reasonable reasonable to me. I, yeah, and, and I, I do think that that Tomb Raider uh, Definitive Edition is uh, not the other two games, which that were kind of Xbox One and PlayStation Four. But that you're right, that first one was an Xbox 360 and PS3 PS3 game. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that, that that seems that seems possible, and I would love to see that. Are there any other Square Enix franchises you think could? make their way to switch at this e3 whether it's well, i mean through I a said, resurrection i said or... Iron hander and i said Ray <laughs> Fenton Masashi, and i just got yeah. laughed off laughed off the spawn cast so i, I listen Einhander needs a return <laughs> bring it, it back it it, does. It, just don't even don't even remake it don't uh, just put the playstation game directly on the switch and call it a day and absolutely. it'll do very well absolutely it's a great game i play it that is. game all the time it's, it's so good fantastic yep <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, if Square can come out there with some sort of Final Fantasy game, be it, you know, a classic collection or maybe finally officially announcing a Western release for Final Fantasy 7, 8 and the 9 remakes as far as like a physical release is concerned, because that's something that North America still hasn't received. Plus the Life is Strange games, maybe Tomb Raider. You know, I think that would be a fairly decent showing for Square for the Switch at E3 and Square's always good for a surprise, but a lot of their recent efforts do feel as though Sony is writing a check to mm-hmm. secure some of those properties. We know they're busy with Final Fantasy 16, Final Fantasy 7 Remake right. Part 2, and um, the other title that name escapes my mind right now, the PlayStation 5 exclusive. Uh, not not Pragmata, Forspoken. Yes, Forspoken. Forspoken. Yeah. It's one of those games that... Uh, you see it and you're like, I don't know what this is yet. So I'm not even going to really follow into the real part of my brain. I'll just put the name somewhere and that's it. Uh, I, I'll say that I think you like you, you touch on a good point about like PlayStation paying for stuff. And so that puts, I think, Nintendo, the Nintendo Square Enix partnership in a more precarious position where like I would say like, OK, you know, uh, Nintendo used to have two Mario RPG franchises. They had Paper Mario and then they had Mario and Luigi. And then uh, they let the Mario and Luigi team try to remake a game for the 3DS after the 3DS died. And then that that team had to implode because they didn't make enough money. And and that stunk. But there's so there's room in their in their lineup for like another uh, Mario RPG thing. And maybe Square Enix would be there to do a Super Mario RPG 2 or something along those lines. But that seems I think both those companies are, are hesitant about doing that. And also, I don't think Nintendo is going to pay Mike or pay Square Enix a whole lot of money to do something like that, where 
Sony does, and it's set a precedent. And so if, if Nintendo's not going to write similar checks, I think Square Enix is just going to be like, uh, okay, well, we'll work together here or there, but we got we got a partner over here with, with Checkbook, and we're going to just keep going with them for now. So thanks, but no thanks. So Yeah, that's, I think all, I, yeah, that's yeah. a very good point. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm like trying not to get my hopes up for like a lot of other stuff happening between Nintendo and, and Square Enix. Like, I would love to see... <laughs> Even just Super Mario RPG come to the Switch, like just put it on the the Super Nintendo Classic stuff. But yeah, that even that seems unlikely now. Yeah, unfortunately, we're always waiting for that title to come yeah. to Switch, and it just never seems to want. Yeah, I gave, up, I gave up waiting. I'm just playing it on an emulator on my uh, Retroid Pocket instead. Ah, uh, a go. fine solution. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then we have Capcom. Now, Capcom is a, another big supporter of. The Switch, though some may not be overly enthused by their previous support with a lot of ports of the Resident Evil games and, mm-hmm. you know, some of the Ace Attorney titles. But 2021 has kind of turned that around. All of a sudden, Capcom's coming out with exclusives and delivering games people are really excited about with Monsanto Rise, Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection, the soon to be, what is it, the great Ace Attorney, I believe is the mm-hmm. name of it. So, now people have kind of turned around on Capcom. They're excited for what they have. And we know, thanks to the very massive Capcom leak, that yeah. they were intense of bringing a Resident Evil game to the Switch as a timed exclusive. And it was codenamed Resident Evil Outrage. Do you think this gets an E3 showing for the Switch? I I do, because I think that... Uh, I. I, I think, you know, based on that leak, based on the hack, when you look at everything that's coming up, uh, they do have a lot of games in the work for 2022, but many of them were later in 2022. Um, and I believe that was their fiscal 2022. So that would push it like in, you know, uh, even into 2023 at certain points. Um, uh, and so, you know, like we might hear about Dragon's Dogma 2, maybe, but we're not going to hear about a lot of the other games around that list. Um, and Outrage was one of the ones that was kind of at the top of like, you know, the timeline there. Uh, and so if they're going to talk about anything at this E3 and they are, they're showing up, they have a slot on this E3, um, you know, what else are they going to show? And I think coming off a of village, like now would be a good time to be like, and here we're going to, um, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to go over to the switch with a dedicated Resident Evil game. And uh, here it is. And here's how good it looks running on the switch. The RE engine's doing great on this thing still. Uh, yeah. To me, to me, it makes a, a whole lot of sense for them to show it off here. I, I think that seems like the most likely switch game to show up. What about you, MVG? You think we see Resident Evil Outrage? Yes, uh, I, I agree with Jeff. I think, you know, they've got the RE engine nicely tuned on the Switch, and that's obviously been made apparent with Monster Hunter. We've already seen it in action. Yeah, I think I think it's time to see a dedicated Resident Evil game on the Switch. I think it will be a pretty hype announcement. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I think Capcom is, is, you know, is preparing that as we speak, quite honestly. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what, what they show us because uh, I think it's going to be going to be pretty good. I remember we should always use the uh, on first mention we should use the re, uh, the RE engines full name, which is of course the Reach for the Moon Engine Engine. <laughs> <laughs> Drives That's me insane. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> I, I mean, most people thought it was RE Engine for Resident Evil and. It oh. is. They're liars. They are lying to us. <laughs> they, they just are trying to pull the wool over our eyes. But the logo is like it's the hand reaching for the moon. Yeah. I don't know why, but it is. 
I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It really doesn't make any sense. I feel like we're just being trolled. Yeah, absolutely. They're having fun with us. Yeah. They're just having a laugh at our expense for sure. Um, <laughs> do you think there's any chance we get anything Mega Man on the Switch? I, I thought, like Ooh. the one thing I really want is uh, Mega Man powered up. Uh, that PSP game. I want that to like get another chance on the Switch. Uh, but I feel like they the one thing in the hack was oh a Mega Man match game, which everyone thinks is a, like a, a match three mobile game, which could be. Um, and but I hope it's something more than that. Uh, but but even that was still kind of a ways off, and it doesn't seem like they're going to have a thing like that for the C three. But what do you think? I don't think we see any Mega Man stuff at this E three. Yeah. Um, that's not to say it's not it's not in the works or it's not happening. I just I can't see it at this E three though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels a little too soon. Um, at least for a Mega Man game. I mean, I'm still holding out based on that you know that leaked list of a new Power Stone, a new Onimusha. Yep. A lot of those like legacy titles at this point in time. I mean, some of these franchises we haven't had a new entry in 20 plus years, which yeah, just Nate, makes me feel old. Wrong. We got Onimusha one and two, right? But we never got three. Is that is that correct? Uh we got Onimusha one. So we never got HD'd, two and three. But we they haven't done the other ones of the original trilogy yet. I could see. I could see them announce Onimusha two, um, as mm-hmm. a as a eShop game that they mm-hmm. that they give us. Could see that happening. Yeah, even even like Devil May Cry four special edition because you've brought Devil May Cry one through three. Why not bring four? Yeah, I mean it's a yeah. quality game. It'd be fun to play on the Switch. It's probably I mean it was a PlayStation three and Xbox one game, so it shouldn't be too demanding for the hardware. I could see them not bringing you know Devil May Cry five. But I really don't see why they wouldn't want to bring Devil May Cry 4 over unless the original trilogy really sold poorly and they just don't view it as profitable. But otherwise, I could see an Onimusha 2 HD, as you mentioned, or Devil May Cry 4 Special Edition get announced as a digital release on the eShop, you know, in the coming weeks at E3. I also think we may finally hear that they're bringing Resident Evil 3 Remake to the cloud to the mm-hmm. Switch platform, because that's also something that had leaked months ago. And if it's a cloud game, it really doesn't take that long to get it on the service. It just feels as though they've been waiting for the right time to announce it. And now that Resident Evil Village is out there, if they are going to talk about Resident Evil Outrage, you can just talk about other Resident Evil games. So announce Resident Evil 3 Remake Cloud for Switch. Yeah, like it's, it does seem like Capcom could have like a, a nice, hefty... Uh, pretty fast, but but still hefty switch section where it hits all these things and, and stuff like that would fit in there real nice, kind of fill out that section for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing too surprising. Right. But I think a lot of Nintendo fans, they just want to see that Resident Evil outrage. They want that timed exclusive built from the ground up for the switch hardware type of, you know, project finally get excited about that. And then the rest is just, you know, icing on the cake. And I can see Capcom approach it like that. A lot of late ports because that's kind of been there you know, approach to the platform overall. But, you know, overall with these three third-party companies, it sounds like the potential is there for some quality announcements, a few exclusives. And that's really, you know, that's really what you expect from a Nintendo E3 in terms of third-party representation. Mm -hmm. You're going to get those late ports. And sometimes that angers people. Sometimes it makes people happy. But you get a few new exclusives, and that's what you really focus on. And I think we're going to walk away from the Ubisoft, Capcom, and Square pressers saying, okay, they have some 
decent switch support lined up. Now we're going to go into the main course, which is the Nintendo Direct itself. And it feels as though expectations are sky high for this presentation. And I always approach Nintendo Directs with great hesitation because they never live up to all of the anticipation and hype. Their quality shows, but for some reason, everyone gets angry at them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's because the game that you wanted didn't show up, you know? Yeah. Yes. And even if it's like a really good Nintendo show, there's mm-hmm. going to be like Silk Song, uh, you know, stands out there yep. who are going to be upset. There's going to be Elden Ring stands who are yep. like, we have, the Elden Ring wasn't here. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Nintendo right now, their E3 is basically positioned by fans that it has to have Breath of the Wild 2, 2D Metroid, Donkey Kong, Fire Emblem, um, a new Mario Kart, Metroid Prime 4. They're expecting a lot from the show. And I think overall, Nintendo is going to deliver a quality show. It's going to be something we say, hey, we got some of those announcements. It was it's fine. But let's start with Zelda. Does Nintendo have Breath of the Wild 2 during their Nintendo E3 Direct? Or do they instead pivot and focus on Zelda's 35th anniversary and highlight Skyward Sword? And Twilight Princess and Wind Waker HD. Go ahead, Jeff. I want yeah. to, I want your take first on this. Yeah. So I, so I mean, what do you mean has does it have Black Breath of the Wild too? Because like I think they're going to mention Breath of the Wild too. I think they are going to talk about it and refer to it as a thing that they are working on. Uh, I, do they show like a new trailer? I, I still I think that's pretty likely. I think they still show a new trailer. Um, but I I do think the emphasis will be overall. Uh, not this is the Breath of the Wild 2 show. This is the Zelda 35th anniversary show. I think that's um, uh, I think that's pretty obvious now. I think it's getting more and more obvious based on uh, some stuff that is coming. Like th- there's some stuff showing up to GameStops. Like they're not going to have GameStops not going to have like a Zelda event. They're like getting posters in that show a bunch of Zelda uh, classic Zelda stuff all over the posters. And that stuff is is clearly referencing the 35th anniversary. But now it, you know, and the way to get those posters isn't you know. Not you're not going to pre-order Breath of the Wild two to get that. It's like any Zelda merchandise, anything, or or buy a new, buy a new Switch and you get that poster. So um, yes, I think Nintendo is going to focus more on Zelda as a brand, Zelda as a nostalgia piece, and um, and I think that's kind of in line with what we've all been saying for quite some time now. Where as we get into this E three, they will begin telling the marketing story of here's why you should get excited about all the Zelda stuff that we are going to release between Skyward Sword HD up to Breath of the Wild 2. And that's going to include the, du- the dual pack of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess HD. Uh, and then maybe some other stuff, hopefully. Um, the things the things I'm, I'm most like kind of worried about is I, I hope they do something with a lot of that handheld Zeldas. Like I hope they bring them to Switch in some way. Because, uh, you know, we've gotten some of the classic Zeldas uh, because of the Super Nintendo and NES online stuff. Um, but I want like Link's Awakening, uh, or not Link's Awakening, I'm sorry, uh, Link Between Worlds. I would love to see that on Switch in some way. And that's the stuff I'm a little bit more worried about that might get forgotten in all this. But mm-hmm. at the very least, there's going to be a lot of Zelda stuff. This is going to feel like a Zelda show. If we were in person, they would break out the Zelda theming for their booth and stuff like that. So uh, <laughs> I think that's going to be the big thing for them here. Yeah, I would agree with that. And yeah, Breath of the Wild 2 will have some sort of presence, whether it's just a quick development update or another mm-hmm. 
I'll say teaser trailer that likely concludes with just 2022. Yes. I doubt they give a specific release date as far as month, day, and year. Yeah, developers don't do that anymore. No one does no yeah. one does that anymore. So yeah. <laughs> we'll just get the general year window. And it does feel as though they may be looking to position this event more for the 35th anniversary because we know last year that was their plan for Mario 35th before COVID and everything was shuttered mm-hmm. and delayed and pushed is that they wanted to go into E3 and make it this big Mario anniversary celebration. None of this happened. So now they can try to, you know, do that original vision, but this time with Zelda and bringing out Twilight Princess and Wind Waker HD as well as, you know, that final marketing push for Skyward Sword, it feels like this is the time to really make that run and get people excited about the anniversary of Zelda. And I do agree that I hope they do go back into that Zelda legacy a little more where you look at those games you know, trapped on the handheld platforms, like A Link Between Worlds yeah, or even Minish Cap. Bring those to the Switch platform in some way whether it is a collection of just the handheld or you add game boy games to nintendo switch online something bring these games to the platform in some form but i don't know if they necessarily have to do all of that at e3 and they can't wait for a separate zelda event or another direct later this summer to detail those even further but I right. do this think at to, least this, this begins. Be the beginning. Yeah, this yes. needs to be the beginning of telling the Zelda story. I, mm-hmm. I agree. You're right. They're going to they're going to build it up and like make you want to know what the rest of it is. But you're right. They don't have to do all of it right right away. Right. Yeah. They're going to set those. They're going to set the foundation for Zelda's 35th at E3. And then we're going to have that nice long road of product and merch that just trickles mm-hmm. out over the months to come leading up to March of 2022, which is still my expectation of where we see Breath of the Wild 2 release right before the end of the fiscal year, a basic repeat that we saw in 2017 with Breath of the Wild 1 releasing with the Switch in March. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they do with Breath of the Wild 2. Yep, that sounds right to me. Do you think there's any chance for um, like a Zelda 35, Zelda 99 type game uh, announced here? Ooh. I would love to see it. I. I'm just not sure how you could approach that. I guess maybe if you did it in a style of Zelda 2, have like a mm-hmm. side scroller where That'd more cool. and more enemies populate the map based on what the other people are killing or what they're collecting to get hearts or fairies. Maybe it does something. But I could see them definitely do some sort of Nintendo Switch Online 99 style game inspired by a Zelda franchise. And I'd be curious as to how they actually approach it. Yeah, I agree. Now, another one of Nintendo's franchises that's celebrating an anniversary, but Nintendo doesn't seem to care, is Metroid. (laughs) And everyone's heart is set on a brand new Metroid being announced at the E3 Direct. And I'm right there with them. I am fully anticipating that Nintendo will announce a brand new 2D Metroid for release on Switch this calendar year. Mm Mm-hmm. MVG. From Mercury Steam, right? Yes, the developers mm-hmm. of Stamus Returns for the 3DS. They also did the Castlevania games for 3DS and actually the whole Lords of Shadow line of Castlevania games. Those are a bit of a mix. The first one's great. The second one's terrible. The 3DS version or well, the 3DS game was kind of... It depended on why you liked Castlevania games, I felt, is how people received that one. I enjoyed it, Mirror of Fate. I thought it was a good Castlevania game. A lot of people seem to hate it. But MVG, 
What are your thoughts on a brand new 2D Metroid game at E3? Well, inject it in my veins. I'm ready. You know, it's, <laughs> um, it, it, I mean, I think it's, I think it's happening, Nate. Like, you know, it's, we've been talking about this for a while. Um, I, I do expect to see a 2D Metroid game announced at E3, but I gotta, I gotta turn it back to you guys and ask, where is Metroid Prime 4? When are we going to see that? Because it's not at this show. I, I think they mention it at the show. I think they say the words Metroid Prime 4. And unlike the last time they did that at E3, nobody cheers. Uh, people <laughs> just be like, oh, oh, God, we're still waiting for that. There's no gameplay still. There's no trailer. They're just going to say Metroid Prime 4 is still coming. And we're all going to be like, OK, I guess at least that at least they're saying that uh, that that's where I that's where I stand on that. How about how about you, Nate? Ooh, I could see a brief development update of just, yeah, we're making good progress. We hope to share something with you in the near future. In the meantime, please enjoy this brand new 2D Metroid game developed mm-hmm. by our friends over at Mercury in Spain. Here's the first look. Boom. It feels as though Metroid Prime 4 is still a considerable time away. And yes, I don't think you can really give a meaningful update for Metroid Prime 4 without announcing metroid prime trilogy for the switch and i just don't see us seeing three metroid games at this year's e3 it's just metroid overkill it's it'd be amazing if we really did see 2d metroid metroid prime trilogy and metroid prime 4 all show up in this 40 minute direct but it just feels completely unrealistic to expect all of that so i'm not anticipating anything involving metroid prime 4 for this year's e3 but hey i would love to be wrong here and i'd love to actually see a meaningful trailer that shows us some sort of concept of the approach that they're taking with the title because all we all we know about it is it has a four and it has a logo and retro is making it and (laughs) i mean how excited can you be for a game that you literally know nothing about so I'm very excited. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm losing my mind. Show me this thing. So wait, it's it's Metroid's anniversary, and all we're getting is a 2D Metroid game. Are we are we not getting anything else? Are they not going to give us like the two Game that's Boy? That's pretty Advan- good. The, the two Game Boy Advance games or, or something uh, else? You don't think we're getting anything else? No, that's pretty good for a Metroid anniversary. Usually, Nintendo ignores it. That's, that's yeah. true. You got yeah, you got a grade on a curve here, man. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> take what you get, right? It's Metroid. Yeah, they're showing effort this time. Whether it was planned or it's just accidental you know we gotta get right they didn't get anything last anniversary they didn't they didn't even remember just went by they're too busy with their other their other bow zelda and stuff and now this (laughs) time it's like oh at least they're acknowledging it Uh, and you can tell they're just acknowledging because they got bigger plans later and this is just kind of a like a consolation prize but they'll (laughs) we'll figure they'll they'll do something and that's it but yeah i I don't have my 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 hopes up too high I, i think with metroid prime trilogy the thing is like they are just going to keep saving that and saving that and saving that until Metroid Prime 4 gets closer. I think yes. you're completely right about that. So, uh, and, and just kind of burning it here when they have another Metroid thing they can show and be like, well, that, you know, that touches on that. Well, we'll we can me- maybe mention that it's Metroid's 35th as well uh, because we have this game that we're going to release. But then let's just save this other thing as part of the marketing plan for Metroid Prime 4. That is mm-hmm. the plan, I think. Yeah, I mean, they could slap that, you know, the anniversary badge on the 2D Metroid when it comes out this year sure. just for that marketing value where people are like, oh, wow, I got to buy it yeah. because it has that has the badge. And right. I mean, we know anniversaries are the most powerful marketing <laughs> schemes out there. 
and every <laughs> company takes advantage of it. And I mean, Nintendo has another anniversary this year, and it's Donkey Kong, another franchise that I mean, Nintendo kind of own they owe their legacy to Donkey Kong, and they treat Donkey Kong with such disrespect. But there has been substantial rumor suggesting that we may potentially hear of a brand new Donkey Kong in 2021, if not see the title release in 2021. So, MVG, do you think Donkey Kong from EAD Tokyo has an appearance at Nintendo's E3 Direct? Oh, now, see, this is where we're getting to the part where I, I just don't know, you know, like, Everything we've said we've said so far, I, I feel like probably is going to happen, right? But this one could be a coin toss, uh, a, a coin toss for me. Um, look, it's it is Donkey Kong's anniversary, and Donkey Kong does need some love, and I think we'll probably see see this make an appearance. But I got to be honest, guys. This is the part where I'm just like, I have no idea if if there's any any real hope of that actually happening. So I'm going to, but, you know, if you're going to tell me to commit, I'm going to say yes, it's going to be there. Yeah, I, I'm, um, I'm, I'm also unsure. I think my, I, in my brain, I'm, I can tell that I'm getting my hopes up for it. I'm like imagining uh, that uh, EAD Tokyo is working on Donkey Kong 94 2. Yep. Like, you know, make make a modern sequel to that Donkey <laughs> Kong 94 Game Boy game that is just an all time great. Uh, yes. I can imagine, and I could see like Nintendo saying, hey, that's the legacy of Donkey Kong that we want to prop up instead of that bullshit that Rare made. And that's not how I feel. That's how they feel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but like, I, I, and I, yeah, I think that could work really well. And um, I, could, I bet that game has like a lot of love inside of Nintendo, but that's all me just like, you know, uh, projecting onto them what I think that they are thinking. Uh, I, if if we go by, if, if we go through this Nintendo Direct and Donkey uh-huh. Kong is instead once and we don't hear anything about that, I, will, I won't I will be surprised at all. Uh, but I think there's also still a good chance that it does show up here and, and, and that is the game that that team is working on. And that would be very cool. I, I just, I hope it doesn't have any sort of like new Super Mario Brothers style aura about oh, it. Like God, give no. us give us a new look. Do something with that Donkey Kong art that feels fresh and original and feels like um your Nintendo's really stretching their creative legs. Just go out there. If it's a really a 2D game, um don't just give us those those uh basic 3D renders and that's that. Like I, I just got done playing Ratchet and Clank, man. Just give me something that shows me you you have both <laughs> technical and artistic chops still, please. Yes, I would agree with that. And if we do see Donkey Kong this year, that's what I want. I want something so visually pleasing and new and exciting that when you look at it, it's just like, wow. Because the retro games like Tropical Freeze are beautiful. The artistic Mm -hmm. direction of that title in particular is just, you know, it's awe-inspiring. So I don't want to see that new Super Mario Brothers style approach where it's just, this is fine. It's acceptable. It's clean. But this is not, it's not exciting. And then you have the awful soundtrack yeah. So yeah, man. yeah, they they should still hire David Wise though. Get David Wise on the phone. Get him to make the music. And, Absolutely. And let's fucking go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is another angle of Donkey Kong that I I've thought about, and that is we don't actually get a game, but we get mm-hmm. a Donkey Kong ninety nine in the same vein as Mario. Oh, that's um, yeah. Where that's, you know, that really yep. does work with that too. Where man. That would like, be very good. And and that would be their way of showcasing Donkey Kong's anniversary, right? They they dropped the ninety nine mm-hmm. game or the the thirty five game on on the eShop as a limited thing. 
Um, you, you're playing the the original arcade game and yeah. you're going for high score. That's you know, so you're going fun. for high score or something like that, right? I mean, I could I could mm-hmm. definitely see that happening. I would love that. That's yeah. such a good idea. That's a really good idea. Yeah. I, I, now I'm really hoping that happens. Thanks a lot, <laughs> BG. Yeah, well, BG, get there. everyone's hopes up for like the yeah, greatest Donkey Kong release of all time, and <laughs> it's not going to happen. We're going to personally blame you. I will. <laughs> yeah, I. I'm torn on the idea of Donkey Kong showing up at E3. I think there is a good chance that we get at least a trailer. I don't think the title would release this year. I think we could potentially get a trailer of a new Donkey Kong at this E3 Direct. And now I'm going to segue into another one of Nintendo's big franchises. And this is a franchise that we were kind of on cue for a brand new entry to it. And it's Kirby. Do you think we see a 2D or a 3D Kirby at this year's? direct or we don't see a kirby at all i i i feel like they need to do a 3d kirby or just give it up um i think some of the 2d kirby's have been very good uh but they've also uh they are at a point where the they're getting a lot of diminishing returns especially on sales from their their 2d games and um i understand they're easier to make or, or at least um they, they require less investment to make it, it seems like uh, and so that's why they, they they tend to go that way. But I think all, the other thought was, oh, we're going to make these games um, more kid friendly and and that, you know, kids need 2D stuff because it's easier. And we've seen that idea just get completely obliterated now with, you know, the kids play Roblox games that are half broken with all kinds of whack controls and they figure it out. Kids, kids want to figure this stuff out. And uh, Odyssey sold so well for a 3D game like we have just. There is a generation that has come up now that wants 3D games over 2D games. Uh, And I so if you are going to kind of continue to position Kirby as like, you know, my first platformer, uh, I I think you could do that. But I do think it's time to do it as a 3D franchise and give some of these games that haven't really had a chance to be a 3D platformer. uh, Give them a chance to do that, especially if Donkey Kong is going to be this 2D game. Um, Let's 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 do some more 3D stuff and let's do that with with Kirby. You know, I agree with that because when I think back to the Wii U, we had a lot of 2D platformers and one of the most vocal complaints was everything's 2D because that's when we also saw the birth of Super Mario 3D World and people were like, well, this is kind of like a 2D, 3D game mm-hmm. and it just didn't have that scope that we typically got from 3D Mario games. So if Donkey Kong is to go that 2D route, bringing Kirby to a 3D plane would be the smart decision. This way it creates more diversity. and I. I mean, I love the Kirby franchises or the franchise, and I think Planet Robobot on the 3DS is one of the best Kirby games ever made. But it does feel as though it's time to maybe spice up and explore new new possibilities for the Kirby franchise, because the last 3D Kirby game I believe we got was on the N64, if we don't want to count Kirby's Air Ride. I think right. you're right. Yeah, I think it's you're right, right to me. Yeah, it's it's been a while. And. We haven't had a new Kirby game on the Switch in a number of years. I believe it was 2018, I think, is when the last Kirby game was released on the platform. Sounds about uh, right. You, it's when, been a while. When was that when, when was that like Smash Brothers clone released? Oh, was that more recent? Yeah, that was I believe it was last summer or, okay. early, or late last spring. Yeah, I, there's so many little Kirby games. It's hard to keep track of. I yeah, think that's, I think that's the last one. So, I mean, I would definitely be interested in a 3D Kirby game to see how they could approach it. I'd be fine with a a 2D Kirby game because they always are quality and Nintendo knows that they are safe, reliable sellers. 
but a 3D one would definitely get me excited. So, I mean, I'm torn on which one we could potentially see at E3. I'm fairly confident that we will see a Kirby game at E3 just based on the timing. We are due for one, but the prospect of a potential 3D Kirby is very exciting, and I would trust the team to deliver a very promising and exciting experience with that. So, man... Yeah, we better have a 3D Kirby game now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we are doing the job of getting each other excited right now. <laughs> like, let's, let's like, let, yeah, let's go. Let's do this. They should be making this. Uh, I, I have no idea if they are, but I think that they uh, I think they should. And I think it's time. I think that makes a whole lot of sense. So uh, let, let, let's give these, you know, because they're also going to make probably another Yoshi platformer at some point. Mm-hmm. And that probably will be 2D. And why do we have Yoshi and Kirby? kind of filling the same exact market. They've, they've really like, right. you know, not dumbed down Yoshi, but they also make Yoshi for kids now, as opposed to like Yoshi's Island, which was just like another good platformer. Um, but they make both Kirby and Yoshi. Let one of those be the 2D platformer, make the other one the 3D one. And I think Kirby is the one that makes the most sense to me for 3D. But yeah. Yeah, Kirby. I mean, Kirby is a long standing ip for nintendo yoshi does feel as though it's kind of like kids first platformer or it's just that introductory title due to its cute nature where it is more kid oriented whereas kirby kirby is only kid oriented in the fact that its main character is a pink ball of fluff right some of the games can be very challenging especially if you go back through the history of kirby games you play you know kirby on the wii was it uh return to dreamland mm-hmm. that game can present some decent challenge it's a fantastic game i would encourage anyone to buy it if you can find it for a fair price and i would love for that to be like hd for the switch but it'll never happen but like yeah the kirby games aren't really child developed in terms of scope whereas the curve whereas the yoshi games do feel as though they are made with children first and foremost yeah, very slow paced right yes. yes like yeah no pressure or anything like that mm-hmm. uh i think the kirby idea was always um not necessarily for kids, but for people who are new to this stuff and new, new to games. Like they're like, let's just make it very basic and straightforward. Uh, and that could get more complex later into the game, but um, yes. it's definitely like a, 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 like an introductory sort sort of game. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've strayed away from that. And I, but I think, you know, I still think that that model can work with a 3d game. I just don't know if they're going to actually end up ever doing that. Yeah. It's something, I mean, it's ex- exciting in concept to hear about. It's just, can they nail that execution? But I don't think Nintendo would explore it if they weren't confident that they could deliver a quality, you know, 3d approach to such a franchise that's already established itself as that safe, reliable two to 3 million seller in a 2d plane. So they have to have confidence to bring it to 3d and they think they have greater sales potential in doing so. Mm-hmm. So I hope it shows up at E3 because this could definitely be an exciting first look at a new direction for that franchise. And this is something that kind of leaked. Nintendo put out a survey asking people if they would be willing to spend $49.99 on a WarioWare title for Switch. Do you take that as basically a confirmation that WarioWare is making a return on Switch and will likely be announced at E3? I, I don't know. I, I feel like um, we've had these sorts of surveys in the past and I can't remember like the track record for whether or not they uh, they pan out in that way where it's like a one to one, like they ask a question and then later we get the thing that basically is, oh, this is why they asked the question. But it seems that way. Right. And I'm I'm hopeful. I love WarioWare. I think people should spend 60 or 70 dollars on it. Let's just get another one of those. 
I, I hope most people said yes. Uh, and I hope Nintendo is, is willing to stick with that franchise. That, that was always my my worry with the Switch and, and bringing together the the handheld and the and the home console team development teams at Nintendo was that Nintendo spent a lot of time making games that were smaller and they could get away with it because those games were going to sell for thirty and then forty dollars on on the handhelds. Uh, now they're charging sixty dollars for everything for the most part. So does that mean we get fewer of those games that were smaller in the past? Uh, and it seems like overall, yeah, we kind of we kind of are getting fewer of those. Like we haven't seen a warrior where we haven't seen a rhythm heaven. There's been a few examples of some smaller stuff. Uh, but I think if Nintendo wants to say, hey, we're still going to charge more than we have in the past for these styles of games. But how, what if it's like fifty dollars instead? And to me, it's like, yeah, do that. Let's let's I mean, WarioWare is a, a fantastic franchise. Uh, there, there's really kind of not a miss in the bunch. So I, I hope. Uh, that this is confirmation of that. And I'm I'm getting I I do have my expectations that we will see something warrior at the C3. So so hopefully. What about you, MVG? Think we see the return of WarioWare? Yeah, I think so. I mean that survey, I mean look, Jeff's right. It could it could mean anything. I mean, you know, and and it not it doesn't necessarily translate to a game that we'll see anytime soon. But look I also feel like, you know, the timing around the survey and everything is interesting and and yeah, I mean, I, I would I would love to see WarioWare at E3. Um this is maybe I'm fanboying a little. I do love the games as well. Um again, it's one of those things where it's like I really have no idea, but um you know, the the survey, the timing around that does make me wonder, you know, are they going to show us something and you know, hopefully they do. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting timing to, I'd say, potentially announce a new WarioWare game just a few days after they launch Game Builder Garage. Yeah. Because you're kind of like, oh, here's this brand new collection of micro games, but we just gave you a product where you could make micro games for a potentially lower price. I mean, I... Good point. It seems like odd timing. It doesn't dismiss the possibility of such a title releasing or existing or even being announced at E3. It just, it seems like this is one of those games you just kind of throw it on Twitter one day, say, brand new WarioWare coming out this August for $40, has 200 micro games. Enjoy. Right. I don't know if I'd really make it a focus in an E3 Direct, but, and I think this is a thing with this E3 for all companies, is a lot of people look at it as we didn't have an E3 last year. So that means this E3 has to be a big deal, you know, to make up for it. And no, it doesn't. The industry mm-hmm. is still being held back by the pandemic in many ways. And a lot of this was kind of just thrown together last minute. You can look at how poorly the ESA has rolled out various elements of their own, you know, app. It's so they're playing catch up like the, the whole industry is playing catch yes. up, you know, and yes. And E3 is going to reflect that. Yeah. There's going to be quality announcements, but it's not that E3 of previous years where it's just Megaton after Megaton. And even what we've detailed so far for the direct and the third parties, it seems as though we're returning to a sense of normalcy. We're not quite there yet because we really haven't detailed what I would consider a single massive, big, brand new announcement from Nintendo. Yes, maybe the potential of a 3D Kirby game an update on breath of the wild 2 so maybe you know the wind waker and twilight princess hd a 2d metroid game that we've been waiting on for what feels like over a year 
a lot of this has been expected for months, if not years. And I mean, they could still have a huge announcement. Maybe we see a 3D Mario game. Do either of you think Nintendo comes out and announces a new 3D Mario game and they just slap 2022 at the end of the trailer? No. Mm, no. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I don't. I think Mario's done, right? I mean, Mario, we're done with Mario for a, at least for a while. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was thinking like, you know, there, there was always it seemed like Odyssey would fit really well with DLC. And the reason they're not going to do DLC is because they're just they're so happy with the sequel, just like what happened with Galaxy. Uh, but if they're making this Donkey Kong game, then, then clearly that's not what they're working on. And I think they're probably happy with the way uh, Odyssey is selling. And so it might just be in that Mario Kart situation instead. So, yeah, maybe we're done for this for this generation. I mean, it would be curious if the only Mario game we see at E3 is actually from Ubisoft. With Mario Rapids too, yeah, yeah, I think that would catch a lot of people kind of by surprise. Of wow, Mario's only presence was a third party partnership type of game. But yeah, but I mean, you, you in- also got to figure maybe it was maybe Mario Rapids two was something that Ubisoft did want to get out for the thirty fifth, and due to yeah. delays, they they were just not able to get there. True. I mean, that is possible. I mean, that that could potentially have been a thing, and. I mean, one studio that we haven't touched on yet, and I'll bring up now, is the Mario Kart team. We have not had a new game from the Mario Kart team since ARMS. So it's been over four years since we've heard from them in any capacity. They were involved with Mario Kart Tour to a certain degree. But do you think we see a new Mario Kart, maybe a Nintendo Kart, or an ARMS 2 be announced at E3? I I almost think Arms Two is more likely. I, I've gone back and forth on Mario Kart, so I think all of the like the, tra- the trajectory of the sales of Mario Kart Eight Deluxe would tell you that they don't need another Mario Kart this generation. It sold t- ten million copies for Nintendo last year, more than some brand new games like Ghost of Tsushima. Um, but uh, you know, you don't start you don't start making a game knowing that this the last game is going to keep selling that well. And so, if you start working on Mario Kart Nine a couple years ago um then you know you're still working on that game and the last one's still selling really well maybe that gives you more of a leash to continue working on the new one uh but you've you know you've already put a lot of work into it you're just going to keep pushing forward on that and it's done when it's done um so it's possible that mario kart and i could just be in that situation where they ended up working on it because it made sense when they started and just because it makes less sense to put it out now because of mario kart 8 deluxe sales doesn't mean they didn't finish it already or whatever um but that's just i i think it's I, I still think it's possible that Nintendo specifically released like Mario Kart Tour that uh, the, the, you know, the remote control car game as like a, a new Mario Kart game. And that's like almost how they treated it. And so uh, the, you know, that's a Mario Kart game that came out last year and they're not going to release another Mario Kart game the year later or even the year after that. Uh, and so what else is that team going to do? Maybe arms too. Maybe they want to give arms another shot. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I, 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 that team, I, I really have no idea what to expect. And if we see Mario Kart nine at this Mario Kart nine at this E3, I won't be surprised. I would be a little surprised because what you said, Jeff, I agree with, <laughs> I think that mm-hmm. why would they mess with the landscape of Mario Kart eight deluxe um, yep. this generation? So I would be a little surprised to see that. Um, but I will say that I also agree that what you say that I do think Mario Kart 9 exists on some developer's machine somewhere. I think they're working yeah. on it, um, but it's a long-term thing. You know, it's it's something that they're probably preparing for the next generation. Um, possibly, and I, and I use this very, very, you know, loosely, possibly the Switch Pro 
um you know they may they may give us something there at that point but yeah i don't expect to see mario kart 9 at e3 this year see i'm really torn on it because i want to see an arms too i love the original arms it's a game i have put in well over 100 hours on the community is fading there's not that many ranked battles anymore so i have to go into the party mode and that's just not as fun because it's one round typically so you don't really get to learn the other players mechanics and adjust so i want to see an arms too i want them to flesh out the lore and the characters more because there is a ton of potential there they laid the foundation now they have to build on it so i hope arms does come back and we did have min min as a smash brothers dlc character so it feels as though they were kind of you know marketing the game again and maybe trying to revitalize interest but another part of me takes me in the direction of Maybe we don't see a new Mario Kart per se. We see a Nintendo Kart. We see basically a Smash Brothers themed Mario Kart game where you have all of the different franchises represented and they can still launch a brand new Mario Kart, you know, further down the line. But Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is such a juggernaut in terms of sales right now. There's really no need to bring out a brand new Mario Kart game. So you go this alternative route. You just introduced a secondary potential new IP mm-hmm. gauge interest if it takes off and it's a success. Now you have that secondary avenue for another kart racer moving forward. But I mean, my heart is on arms too. I also wouldn't be surprised if we don't get any meaningful update from the Mario Kart team at all at this E3. And this yeah. could be something that we see further down the line, maybe post Switch Pro introduction. So I'm talking maybe in 2022. And that goes also with like Splatoon 3. I don't know if we get another update on Splatoon 3 at this year's E3. It feels like something that they can wait until the second half of this year or even the first half of 2022 in another direct. Once they nail down a release date, then start to communicate like a public beta for the game or a multiplayer stress test. I don't think you have to give us an update on Splatoon 3 at this E3. But... I mean, this is the problem with Nintendo Directs and like, you know, giving predictions. There are so many avenues that they could explore, but they never go down all those halls. Mm -hmm. They kind of they have that very linear approach and they just go into the doors on that single hallway. And everyone's expecting them like, oh, they're going to go that route. No, they always have a very deliberate direction for their directs. And Zelda will probably be that deliberate direct. Yeah. They want to focus on that 35th anniversary. They want to give an update on Breath of the Wild 2. And then everything else is just that complimentary. Like, it pains me to say, but a 2D Metroid game, that's not the main course. That's complimentary. Right. That's the great and, and beyond yeah. beyond Zelda, yeah, beyond Zelda and that 2D Metroid game, all this other stuff we talked about, uh, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I'm really uncertain because we're talking 40 minutes for this thing that they've confirmed. And what is that? At most 20 games, like probably at most 20 games. Uh, and that even that's probably pretty generous. Uh, and so and like we're going to get a lot of stuff in there that is updates on on third party stuff, smaller stuff, some indie things that Nintendo always puts into these into these directs stuff that no one ever mentions in their prediction segments on their on their shows, on their podcast or on YouTube or in articles. Uh, and, and that always makes up a, a pretty significant chunk of the show. Uh, and so, yeah, at a certain point, you just start running out of runway to get a lot of these things that we've set in there. And so as we go down the line of like, OK, now we're talking about Mario Kart 9. Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you said, where we might not just hear anything from that team at all this year. And uh, and that would make a lot of sense just based on how much time they, they're actually allotting for this thing. So I guess 
that that might bridge into another topic you're going to talk about. They could always announce a one or other thing like during their uh, Treehouse Live, which they've done right. in the past. I don't know and, if they'll do that, but maybe. And that's the curious thing is typically Nintendo either ends a direct or they use the Treehouse to announce one more thing. But if we've already basically discounted the idea that they announce a brand new 3D Mario game at this year's E3, what could be their one more thing moment this year? We'll start with MVG on that. What would be your prediction for a one more thing? Oh, why am I being asked this question? This is hard. Um, <laughs> That's why. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the one more thing is. Um, I mean, honestly, the treehouse, it really could be anything, right? I mean, it could be Mario Golf. You know, they could just be playing Mario Golf for like 20 minutes, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Like, it, it's really hard to... To, to predict that one, but maybe it's the smash reveal um, of the character is the one more thing. Um, but we're kind of expecting that anyway. So I don't know if that's necessarily the right, the right approach. Um, look, if it's a one more thing, then I'm going to, I'm going to start fanboying and I'm going to ask for an F zero game, which I know is not going to happen, but please give me, wow. give me, give me F zero Nintendo. <laughs> that's what I'm going okay. with. All right. All right. I'll accept that. How about you, Jeff? What would be your one more thing moment? Yeah, I'll have to. I'll do something similar. I I think um, I I would hope that it's it is bringing back something kind of classic and and more niche uh, in in terms of Nintendo's overall wide audience and and yeah, a new Advance Wars or um or like a return of one of their extreme sports games like Wave Race or Ten Eighty or even like Excite Bike or Excite Truck or something like that. I like um that that is usually the kind of level that they have. They, they, they you know. We're saying they're one more thing, but they're one more thing during the treehouse portion has been stuff like I think that's where they announced Metroid Samus Returns. Right. Yep. Uh, yes. So, you know, that, that's it's like, you know, it's it's pretty big, but it's not the biggest thing. Um, and I, I think that's the kind of level of what we can expect. So I think, you know, if I had to pick one, I, I would say a new Advance Wars. Uh, that would be very exciting. For me, but, do we get the sma- I, I got it. do we get the smash reveal at the direct or the treehouse? Uh, the direct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would say the so direct. Now. I mean, I think I think for me, I think the one more reveal, be it at the end of the direct or at the treehouse, I think it could potentially be either a Fire Emblem game or Monolith Salt's new Xenoblade game. Probably something that maybe, you know, they don't want to give it too much focus in the direct itself. They just want to end on a nice hype trailer plaster, you know, whether it's 2021 or 2022 release and get excitement going and then they'll revisit in like a September direct. and. I guess we can end on the Smash Brothers DLC. Do we get one character or two? We get one. I think there's just going to be one. Yeah. Do you think third party or first party? Well, I like Jeff's idea about the one of the rabbits being announced. That's kind of yeah. cool. It's a good crossover. I, I, I think. Yeah, I think there's like a, a, a non-zero chance that it's a rabbit. Yeah. And Sakurai's the right. last character, right? i hope so i hope they just do it it just makes sakurai the character yeah might as well you know we'll end on this final topic (laughs) microsoft and nintendo do they announce any part of their potential partnership at e3 during nintendo's direct or at the treehouse maybe at the treehouse maybe but probably i'm gonna say 
no <laughs> is actually my answer but maybe at the treehouse they talked about it but you no, know, even then, cause they that's just them playing the games that they showed off and talking about stuff and i guess mm-hmm. there is a there is a possibility that some like cloud deal pertains specifically to a game and they would need to talk about that when they're talking about the game and then they bring on microsoft to talk about that but i, I just i highly doubt it same yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel like the best venue for it no real, real quick for the for the uh, smash characters here's one from my <laughs> discord uh for the last two uh tim sweeney and randy pitchford so <laughs> oh, that, dear uh, god <laughs> <laughs> Randy Pitchford. I wonder what his moveset would be. Uh, I, I, I can't say on this show. You guys know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah, Something with a USB stick. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good way to segue into the Streamlab question of the week. <laughs> <laughs> and our first one is a dollar donation from Blue Inkblot, who writes, Happy E3 season, everyone. I really enjoy the show. My question is, Will we ever see the elusive Pikmin 4 on the Switch? Mm. Could you even imagine a Switch Pro enhanced Pikmin 4 game in glorious 4K? How well did uh, Pikmin 3 sell? Three million uh, copies, two million copies? Yeah, I think it's, it's the best selling Pikmin game ever released. Yes, it is. Is that um, enough for Nintendo great, to great say, too. let's do another one? Probably. There's your I answer. Hope so. There's your answer. <laughs> I hope so. I, I think Pikmin, uh, I, I think Nintendo missed an opportunity with Pikmin because the Pikmin are very much just the minions. And if they would have like been closer with Hollywood at that time, they really could have gotten on, onto that minions train before everyone else um, and really dominated. But no, they were afraid of Hollywood, so they didn't. But uh, I, I, I hope I love the Pikmin franchise. My wife loves the Pikmin game. So I, I hope we get another chance to get Pikmin for for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I would love for them to revisit that franchise. And I think there's still hope for Pikmin 4. It's really just a question of when will we see it. Since Pikmin 3 did just release last year, we're probably still at least two, three years away from a Pikmin 4. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say maybe even like a Switch Pro version is necessary. It might be looking at their next gen successor Switch, but it'll be, you know, it'll still be a lengthy wait. Then had a dollar donation from Jackie G, who writes, what is the budget for Avowed? Are they going all out with that Microsoft money? Or is it more in line with that of the Outer Worlds? They're going all out. I think they're going going all out. out. I think the budget would be significantly higher than the Outer Worlds. And Outer Worlds, too, is going to get that significant budget as well. So, yeah, like they're going all out. Like everyone's... (laughs) Everyone's going to want money to make the like the dream game and Microsoft's going to give everyone the money. The, you know, the big question is like, do they get all of the attention on the other side when like, um, like when, when Sony needs to finish a game and they bring in uh, all, all the technical experts and everyone and everyone's there to make sure the thing gets over the line. It's the best game it could possibly be. Uh, does Microsoft have that side of the equation figured out? That's, you know, that's stalled for debate, but the money side, they have the money and, and these uh-huh. things will get that. They'll get those big budgets. Absolutely. Then had a $100 donation from Calvin Atkinson, who this episode is dedicated to, and they write, Hey, Nate, an MVG and possible guest. Final Fantasy IX became the first Final Fantasy game to leave Xbox Game Pass, which is a bit upsetting to me, as it's one of my favorites. Do you think there's a reason the game is slightly underrated, and do you think Square is undervaluing it? Hmm. Mm, possible I, guest. I, I'll tell you, it's, it's, 
Yeah. Hello. I'm possible guest and I'm speaking now. Uh, it, it is my co my co-host on Game Street Decides uh, favorite Final Fantasy, I think. Final Fantasy nine. Yes, it's one. It's definitely one of his favorites. Uh, and and I think it's one of those games where um, Square, Square Soft definitely like overcorrected uh, after Final Fantasy eight, where like uh, mm -hmm. people were complaining about Final Fantasy VIII being like a bit too try hard and too realistic and too. Uh, dramatic or melodramatic or whatever so like they went back in the other direction of making it more like the super nintendo rpgs and, and so there is like some weird baggage attached to it where it's where it is done as a sort of uh back-footed reaction to things uh and i think maybe so maybe maybe it doesn't have like the best place in square's heart um but a lot of people really love that game so i i don't know i think more it's more about like probably just sales data and uh final fantasy 7 of those games sold so much better than everything else that that is what's get, that's what gets attention. So, uh, and that's so Final Fantasy Nine is going to kind of just continue to be the stepchild there. No offense to stepchildren. <laughs> they then had a dollar donation from Liam Warner, who writes question for MVG: Can you emulate something through an emulator that's already emulation? For example, if I had a Switch emulator, could you just drop 3D All Stars in there? Or would you still need a N64, GameCube, and Wii emulator to do that? No, you you can you can run 3D All Stars on Switch emulation today. In fact, if you take a look at, I think it's um Ryu Jinx and uh, Yuzu, the the two Switch emulators, they can play the majority of commercial games, and there's no reason why you couldn't run 3D All Stars. So, running an emulator through or running an emulated game through emulation is is something that's certainly doable it makes you think like you know it's an emulation inside of emulation and now you know, we, maybe we live in a simulation maybe we live inside of an emulation of a simulation you ever yep. think about that every day mm. every day every day <laughs> man people's minds are being blown right now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we then had a five dollar donation from jose right update from the wii u Complete set. Mission complete. Congrats. My question is, realistically, when do you guys think we are going to be able to go to the store and pick up a PlayStation 5 in person? Love the show, guys. Keep up the good work. Ooh. I mean, easily just walk into the store and see PlayStation 5 sitting on a store shelf. I would probably say late spring, early summer of 2022. I mean, this is such a hard question because when the PlayStation 5 came out um, after the first month and you couldn't get one, I was predicting like right now, like in, in May, June timeframe of 2021 that you could like log into Amazon and just buy one. But clearly uh -huh. I've misjudged that, you know, significantly. So yeah, I can't see anything this year. Maybe, maybe like springtime next year, but good luck, honestly. Yeah. So I, I think they're um, I think you're right, like uh, without having to think about anything else, like just like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get off the couch and walk into the store and there will be PS fives there. Yeah, that's going to be next next summer, probably. Um, uh, but there will be instances where it, it uh, throughout this year and early next year where it will be significantly easier. Um, I think we're actually going to see that here after E3, at least with the Xbox. It sounds like a, a couple of retailers are going to get huge, a, a huge influx of Xbox Series X's 
right after E3. Um, and it's going to be a situation where you could probably that day walk in for most of the day and get one. I'll say probably who knows what the demand will be like, especially after E3. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if Microsoft could do that, Sony is going to be able to do that. It's just going to be a matter of them like deciding when to do those sorts of big allotment drops um, throughout the year. And those won't last. Those will dry up relatively quickly still. Um, but, but, you know, there will be instances where you'll hear, you'll read a headline saying, Hey, if you want to get a PlayStation five this week, go ahead and try it. Uh, and you'll have an easier time than you've ever, than you've ever had up to that point. Yes. We then had a $15 donation from Zadia quest who writes, what is, what is each your favorite arcade shoot 'em up? I've somehow gone 25 years without realizing that there's more than just Grad- Gradius and Galaga out there. <laughs> I'm a big fan uh, of I mean, R-Type. I'm a big R-Type. Yeah, R-Type's good. Yeah. I mean, I w- if we include Metal Slug in this, I would say Metal Slug. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, Metal Slug is more of a run-and-gun, but you could you could argue that it's a, a, a shoot-em-up, I guess, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, Ikaruga... That's a good one. Yeah, I, I like Ikaruga a lot. That's definitely one of them. I'm like trying to think of like a specifically an arcade game, but I guess like Ikaruga was probably an arcade game in Japan. Well, Einhander, right? I always, I, Einhander's <laughs> right. Ein, Einhander's like, of course. And I'm like, that wasn't just in the arcade. I, I always associate with the PlayStation. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Einhander is fantastic. Go, go play. If you haven't played Einhander, definitely go play that. Um, but honestly, you could look up a list of these. Um, Radiant Silver Gun is a great one. Yes. Anything from Treasure, anything from Treasure is great, mm-hmm. basically. Um, but you know, even like a lot of those classic Capcom ones, uh, 1943, oh, I yeah. love that game. Yep, uh, those are yep. really fantastic. So, yep. um, uh, yeah, I, I, it probably just depends on whether or not you're going to like vertical or horizontal because people seem, seem tend to prefer one or the other. And I think I like horizontal mm-hmm. a little bit better. That's why I like R Type and Iron Hander and stuff like that. Yep. And uh, Death Smiles is a really good one. It's mm-hmm. a great game. We then had a $4.25 donation from Mon840. Right, Hi, Nate and MVG. How, hope you both are doing well and keeping safe. I had a quick question relating to the Xbox 360. I'm looking to mod my Xbox 360 and wanted to know where would be the best place to start or look as someone new to this. Thanks. I would su- MVG? Uh, yeah, I would suggest um, a forum <laughs> like GBA Temp. Um, they've got, yeah. they've got some really good tutorials on, on, um, modding pretty much any system out there. I would recommend you do not look at YouTube videos cause they usually are out of date as soon as the video drops. Cause there's always a new technique that gets introduced that basically obsoletes the video. So read up on, read up on GBA temp. I know there's a 360 forum and I know there's a tutorial, a step-by-step on, on how to do it. Um, and then I would go to a YouTube video just as a backup, um, you know, for a, more of a visual thing. But I think with those two things, you can pretty much get what you need. And good luck with that. Yeah, I, I just do what I did and, and go on Craigslist and have someone do it for you. All of that. <laughs> that'll work too. <laughs> a simple solution. <laughs> then had a $5 donation from Skittles. All right. Hi, Nate, MVG, and Jeff. My question is regarding Microsoft and acquisitions. Everybody seems to forget Twisted Pixel was part of the Microsoft family and then wasn't. And now they almost exclusively exclusively make VR games. What happened? Thanks. So the situation with Twisted Pixel was that once they had been acquired by the Xbox game division, that they had open dialogue with Microsoft that they could basically split when they felt the time was right. 
And that's pretty much what happened is that they felt the time was right. I believe it was about 2015 to part ways with Microsoft and go back to being an independent studio. And that's what they did. And now they make Oculus Rift gameplay or Oculus Rift software. Yeah, that's right. And then had a follow-up $5 donation from Skittles. Right. Hello, friends. Square has been accepting checks from anybody and everybody lately. Do you know if Nintendo actually has timed or full exclusivity on Bravely Default 2? Or is there a chance that Square may accept a check to port it elsewhere? Well, I mean, you know, so it, it was pretty, that's probably pretty similar to what happened with um, Octopath, right? Where yeah. Nintendo helps with the publishing in some territories, right? If I'm, if I'm remembering this correctly. And that probably, and also I think Square just wants to focus these games on Switch first. Um, I think that helps with the branding and, and with the marketing, obviously. I think, honestly, where uh, if people associate with the Switch, the Switch pe- people who own a Switch, and there's a lot of them who like to buy a lot of games, they get more excited about these games. And uh, and then afterwards, uh, Square can sort of decide what to do with them. And then, you know, when it comes to accepting checks, like, I think they clearly accepted one from Microsoft to, to put Octopath on Game Pass, and that still hasn't come to PlayStation. So um, I, the way the way that Skittles framed it, I think, I think it was Skittles, um, the way the way they framed this, I think is exactly right where, uh, uh, yeah, it's just a matter of waiting for someone else to come with some money and then they'll put, put it elsewhere. And if no one shows up with any money, I'm sure Square will eventually put it elsewhere when it just is like, hey, OK, now we have the time, the bandwidth to do this. Let's do that and try to get another round of uh, income from this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe you're right with that. I think Nintendo just covers, you know, pretty much that first year. They have the publishing deal and then Square is free to do with it as they please. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a Bravely default to go to another platform, maybe in the second half of 2022 or early 2023. But, you know, it's a long way from now. So any of those developments really wouldn't be, you know, any public knowledge or even in discussion phase yet. So be quite a wait if it were to happen. And that was the final Streamlabs question. For the week and if you'd like to support the channel we have the Streamlabs link in our description below make a donation of any amount ask a question we will answer it at the end of the episode and if you donate a hundred dollars or more we will dedicate the episode to you and today's episode is once again dedicated to calvin atkinson and i'd like to thank my guest for this episode jeff grubb for joining us absolutely yeah thank you so much for having me on uh if you, you're interested in keeping up with me we're going to be doing uh, games beat decides episode uh, basically every night after the e3 starting with the summer game fest on thursday so uh yeah Ooh. check that out on, on the youtube channel just basically just google jeff grab you'll find it uh, not the 63 year old man jeff grab the other one <laughs> and we will have links to jeff's youtube channel and twitter and as well as games beat in the description below and i'd like to thank mvg for joining as always thanks uh for having me on nate and jeff it's been great having you back i know it's been a little Absolutely. bit since we last had you but it's always always fun to have you on no, yeah, I really appreciate it. this. is so much fun. I missed you guys. This is this is great. <laughs> yeah, we definitely had fun talking about Nintendo and some of the third party companies and what they could be announcing in the coming days at E3. And if you like the content, give the video a like. If you didn't, give it a dislike. Let us know your thoughts on Nintendo's E3 Direct and what third party partners may be bringing the platform at E3 in the comments section below. And until next time, continue to embrace the hate.